Live from the capital, this is Derailed Trains of Thought. Well, welcome, everyone, to episode 82 of Derail Trains of Thoughts. Hello. And this is Timothy Deal. This is Nick Hayden. How are you today, Nick? Very good. This is a nice, colorful town. I like it so far. Well, I, Maybe here for five seconds. But. Well, I don't know. I, I've seen some people, These they've got some weird fashion sense around I here. I figured, they got, maybe when you were in Britain, for all I know, I mean, they got weird hats. <laughs> yeah, blame it all on Europe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's nice. I mean, they seem to have good food, yeah, at least. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's there's some people over in the corner there who seem really upset. I mean, this is a nice party we're at, and I don't know what well, they're. They seem pretty. I'm sure appearances are completely accurate in this case. Yeah. They're all nice and friendly. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, we talked last time about appearances being deceiving, Nick. But yeah, well, not here. I'm sure. Oh, okay. Well, okay. if if you say so. <laughs> But anyway, this is episode 82. We are following up. Hopefully, this will be our second November episode. Uh, oh, yes. We uh, we had a bit of a delay last time, but we're back. Ta-dum. So hopefully, we have another wonderful story school for you. I was thinking earlier today, Nick, um, yes. it might be good to remind our listeners and ourselves that uh, Story School is not necessarily intended to be a lecture. This is really more of a discussion time. That's true. Sometimes we don't even know what we're talking about until we get going at it. <laughs> In some ways. I mean, we we have some experience as creators, even more experience as audience members, um, but this is just kind of a way for us to talk about things that interest us. And hopefully come to some conclusions we don't know all the answers, but we just want to discuss. It's like the, the school is in like the university setting. Think of us as being in the same uh, small group study yeah. or uh, or maybe just chatting in the cafeteria or something. Yeah, you're just sitting around with us and for some reason you just never talk because you don't have a microphone. Yes. So, so well, sorry about that. Yeah. But uh, today we're, we're following up kind of a, a train of thought that we've been having lately, which is unusual we're following for us. a train? Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I don't know how it ma- has managed to get derailed, yeah. but but last time we talked about image, we noted, touched on how a person's appearance and what they wear, their outfit, uh, can make a difference in, well, one, it's a way of expressing yourself. Yeah. And, and you were pointing out before we started talking how it's often a way of kind of communicating something about ourselves yeah yeah and because we did the big idea last episode like just image image and we really want to focus on just how people look both the clothing and then appearance hair everything and and um, in case you're wondering how does this relate to storytelling well obviously how a character looks is a big you know it communicates a lot about a character without ever them saying anything and not even just in i mean obviously it's very vital in your visual medium Mm -hmm. but even print there's a lot of care taken to what does this guy look like? You know, you read Mice and Men, Lenny's appearance matters hmm. because he's a giant guy who has a little, you know, act like a child. That's, that's, you change his appearance, something changes about the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dickens, you know, his characters are always very colorful in their appearances as well as in their talking and everything else about Dickens. But, um, <laughs> but writers have often used the external to express the internal. And same with costume designers. And, and, and obviously then it goes into visuals as well, even more. Yeah. 
I almost thought it's almost a shame we didn't get um, someone like Nick Smith, who I know does costume design for plays and stuff like that. Would have been a good idea. But I mean, they have to research not only like a historical period of where it's being set at, but particularly for uh, like, I think it's a bigger deal in some ways for movies, you know, kind Mm -hmm. of what does this outfit say about who this person is? You know, a character like Aragorn, you know, he has to be, his ranger outfit has to be practical, but also pretty well worn because he's been around. Well, I mean, in the in the era of superhero movies, mm. I mean, the, everyone's always, well, I don't care that much, but everyone wants <laughs> to see how did they translate the comic book into a costume that both looks cool mm-hmm. and makes sense for real people. Yeah, sometimes they, they do well. Sometimes you're like... It looks a little phony. You, you, something about it's not quite believable. But other times they're able to translate it pretty well. Like the CW shows tend to do this mm-hmm. uh, pretty good. Like I think Supergirls, I think, is probably one of the best in terms of like it just it looks similar to what you would see in a comic book page, but it also looks pretty cool in real life. I'm going back up here because comic books and, you know, an anime costume is iconic. I mean, that's how you define a character. Mm-hmm. They don't wear much else. I mean, especially <laughs> anime. I mean, like. It was Elric. He always has that red coat on. Yeah. I mean, just what happens. Well, and that, I think that's common in animation in general, like or animated shows. Yeah. It's it's just cheaper to have the characters always in the same outfit. Well, and then it just you just it's the only way you think of them. You see, otherwise, you're just like that's just weird. I mean, yeah. so they make jokes like you know, Inspector Gadget has a whole closet full of the gray trench coat <laughs> and yeah stuff like that. But you know, it creates a a sense of who this guy is. And sometimes they and they can play with that in other ways, like Avatar in the last season when they're um, Avatar: The Last Airbender. Yeah, I guess because they they did have a sequel series, but you know they're undercover of the Fire Nation and they have completely different outfits. Um, and even it's interesting, even when they go back to kind of more um, back to their traditional style, because in the world of Last Airbender, apparently everyone in this in the given nation wears the same kind of color scheme. Yeah. Um, so if you live in the Earth Nation and green's just not your color, you're out of luck. <laughs> uh, but you know, but even when later in in the third season, when they're not incognito dressed as the Fire Nation, um, they're in kind of more of their their own outfits. They have kind of a different take on them. Like Katara wears her hair out, mm-hmm. um, you know, things like that. Just kind of differentiates these characters have come a long way. They've since grown. Season. Yeah, they've grown. So you actually touched on two things we want to talk about here. One, I guess, is. The clothing, obviously, is an expression of the individual, mm-hmm. but also expresses culture. You know, and many times they'll say, oh, it's Earth Nation, it's Fire Nation, or in fantasy novels, you know, everyone. I just finished reading, rereading the third novel of um, Wheel Time because Big I had surprise. I, I hadn't since literally middle school. Oh, this, okay. The third one. Wow. But, you know, certain nations, they all kind of stereotypical, like, all one people in this nation do this thing, and everyone, you know, everyone from this nation think they're weird for doing, you know. Mm. But it's a way of defining, and then, you know, and also for any sort of group, military, mm-hmm. you know, all the full metal alchemists, all the alchemists, you know, they all yeah. have the the blue outfit, the uniform, the uniform. Well, anyone in the military, not just alchemists. Oh, that's true. But, that's true. Yeah. Um, Except for Ed, because he's a protagonist. Yeah. Know? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> he wears red, and everyone else wears blue. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Contrast. Um, but, you know, it's a good way of setting up your Vulcans where something different than your Klingon. You know, Molari mm-hmm. is always in purple and regal stuff in Battle and Five. Join our other hijack soon. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but it's also an expression of culture, which was very helpful in, in your more fantastical things. You know, if, say you came to a city and everyone was wearing strange hats and very colorful. Yeah. it tell you something about that city. What exactly? I don't know. Or like, say, say everyone who didn't live in this 
this city where we're at right now, the capital. If, yeah. Say if everyone outside was just in drab clothes and something like that. Yeah. Then there's there's so obviously a discrepancy here. Yeah. So, and it's a good way. It's shorthand. I mean, in many ways, clothing is shorthand for writers and for visual media mm-hmm. to communicate something very quickly. Well, a people about a, or even where you stand with other people. You know, if everyone's dressed one way, you're different. That's true. It I, says something. Mm-hmm. Like in Balan Five, Ivanova starts her hair super, super up, tight, tight super, and yeah. then they slowly, you know, they'll they'll have it down in certain scenes, and it's very striking because it's supposed to communicate a sort of an attitude, an attitude. And sometimes it's even just it may not have to do with her personal life. It just may be the nature of the scene. Like in yeah. one scene, she's just she's cracking jokes. She's just yeah. a funnier kind of person. Whereas in another scene, she's very. Mm, you know, being yeah. very stern military type. And I, I had read that J. Michael purposely said, look, we're going to slowly loosen her hair over the season mm-hmm. as part of her character arc. Nice. So there's things, you know, people do that a lot. Um, we just recently saw Thor, Ragnarok, mm-hmm. and he, they cut his hair and they just want a new look and everything, partly. But partly, you know, if he's losing everything, is, is changing everything, is everything, about and, er, everything about him in his character's life, that's one thing that goes. Mm-hmm. One reason why we even kind of got onto this topic is you found a video where it kind of talked about how the haircut is kind of a big deal. It's for, like a trope even in films. Like when they make yeah. a big decision, you cut your hair. Yeah. Which I had never thought about. They just show all these scenes from things. I'm like, yeah, I guess it is a, I guess it is a thing. Yeah. And I've seen it in, in, in anime and in games too. I remember there's a moment in Final Fantasy IX where um, Garnet yeah. um, has a big haircut and it's like... Whoosh. And then I think it says it's like a sign of a resolve or something. And it, I mean, I guess it makes sense. I would never have thought of it because it's one of the few parts of yourself that you can cut off. You can drastically change without some sort of maiming. I mean, yeah, that's true. I mean, because sometimes people make a tra- drastic change in a character by showing some body part lost or an eye gouged out or something like that. Yeah, I get an eye patch or yeah. yeah. Um, some scar. Some scar. Yeah. Some to say, I survived this. But hair is a. Renewable resource. <laughs> <laughs> true, true enough. You know, and I guess it's not always. Uh, I just thought of in uh, Asian culture, sometimes losing hair though is is more of a, a dishonoring sort of thing. Again, going back to Avatar, at end of uh, or beginning of second season, Zuko and his uncle both cut off their uh, top knots. Oh, because basically they've been excommunicated or oh, banished yeah. from their whole country. So it's kind of a sign of of shame or when, something. And there's a lot of I'll just because we haven't we need to bring up as often as possible lost. You know, <laughs> when suddenly Jack has his beard, you're like, Well, something's happened. Uh-huh. You know, a lot of times when people they were clean shaven and they're have a beard, then you're like, some sort of something's gone horribly wrong. They've, yeah. They've let themselves go. Mm-hmm. Um and, or if it's the opposite way, they have a beard and they shave, then like, oh, something's changing, you know. Yeah. Like yeah. um the Fugitive, the movie. Well, and, and that's a, it's almost more of a practical sort of thing. Well, he that's had, true, too. He has to get rid of it in order to, uh, hopefully, to help himself to be disguised. Yeah, exactly. Although my dad always pointed out that was sort of an accuracy, um, because as a dentist, you know, he has to wear a mask whenever he works. But he can't, you're not supposed to actually have facial hair that extends outside of your mask. Oh. So. So they want to be able to do that anyway. Yeah, me. not not normally, oh, actually. Oh, interesting. Oh, so you learn know. something new every day. Yep, you do. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess we've been touching a lot on a really helpful thing with appearance is that it does, you can signify growth of the character through it by something through clothing. Um, we hijacked Once Upon a Time for a long time. Mm-hmm. But one thing they did, and we have good and bad things, but one thing they did do well is using wardrobe as a 
a sign of different stages of a character. That's true. For a very long time, I mean, they actually made a plot point about one of them with Emma. Mm-hmm. She wore that one uh, red jacket for ages and ages, yeah. and she talked about it was sort of her armor. She, yeah, it was. She, a symb- it, they turned it into symbolism. Yeah, for her, basically, very kind of. She was always trying to protect herself, and then uh, I think. At, at some point, she felt she she decided she was more vulnerable or something. She didn't wear the jacket yep. as much, and she started wearing more a lot more loose outfits. Yeah. I guess you could could say. Well, then you know, with all the flashbacks, it, it's a very easy way to say, "Oh, this is this version of gold or that version of gold." You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's true. I mean, I granted even uh, Rumble Stiltskin's outfits I noticed could very wildly and yeah. I, I don't know if there was always a rhyme or reason to it but that's Rumpelstiltskin <laughs> well then just classically you have um, Gandalf the Grey oh yes yeah. and then he shows up in white <laughs> yeah and it's very and he's like I'm now the who Saruman was supposed to be he took over Saruman's role as the white because Saruman yeah. failed at it and it is interesting the the uh, the colors of the different wizards all kind of communicated you know their different roles Saruman was supposed to be the white because he was supposed to be the leader, whereas Grandiff the Grey kind of down in the you know, in the trenches sort of thing. Um, Radagast the brown with nature, I yeah. guess. Yeah. What the blue wizards were supposed to be, who knows? <laughs> they were, uh, they used um, the land to cra- cast magic. Oh, that's Final Fantasy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that what the blues do? I think so. Anyways. <laughs> are there blue mages? In- I think there are in some, some of the older ones. Uh, possibly. I mean, the There's guys a, who actually are dressed in blue are called black mages. Well, yeah, yeah. But, but anyway, we're, we're way off. Blue topic. magic. Anyway, there's some blue magic. Oh, is, oh, yeah, you're right. There is some blue magic. Or that the ones who who uh, capture the magic from the enemies when they see him do it. I thought that was just an eight thing. No, no, no. Like like uh, Strago does from oh, six. Oh, okay. Yeah, you might be right. I never use Strago that much. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we're, well, derail trades, everybody. Yay. <laughs> okay. Anyways. Um, it is interesting. In my writing classes at Taylor, Dr. Hens was really big about color symbolism, mm-hmm. um, which I've, is a thing to be overdone somewhat. But yeah, I've heard stories about this. Didn't you actually make a joke about it in uh, one of your movies? Oh yeah, I think I did. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, the whole idea that red is pain or patient—you know—you see people, you know, they use that still. You know, black is evil. Why is good? I mean, that shows up in a lot of fantasy sort of stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. it's almost. You don't even think about it so much so automatic. Yeah. But then things like yellow being more about revelation, I think. I think that's what, was that what it was? Yellow is a weird one. But, you know, like M. Night plays with color, but this, that's more image than. Yeah. And in, in vernacular, yellow is often like kind of a fear sort of thing. Yeah. Actually, yeah, in, um, in the Green Lantern scope. Oh, that's the, uh, true. The yellow lanterns are the, the fear spectrum. Actually, like the yellow wallpaper. You ever read that book? No. Or the short story? No. Uh, oh, yeah, the wallpaper, like, drives the lady crazy. Yeah. But the lanterns are cool because Jeff Johns, uh, a writer for Green Lantern for a while, came up with a thing called the emotional spectrum, where basically every color has its own sort of emotional power to it. Okay. Like, the Green Lanterns, their lantern is, is green because that's color of willpower, supposedly. Yeah. It's not really an emotion, but... <laughs> the will thing is from old Green Lantern lore. But anyway, then yellow is fear, then blue is hope. Red is anger, orange is greed, uh, indigo, what was indigo? Indigo is compassion. That one's, okay, that one's kind of bizarre. 
So anyway, but that, that's so. Oh, and violets. That's uh, or they call it sapphire. But that's again. Anyway, they use that for love. So, but it's it's kind of a cool way of, and then they get to everyone had their own lanterns, and they got to be a big spectrum and fight thing, nice. and it was very perfect for a visual medium like comics. Yeah. The other thing with appearance is that appearance can also be used to like in general as either juxtaposition or deceitfully, hmm. where you know you you dress them one way and they're actually something different. Or, I mean, let's use Lanny from Mice Men. He's this giant hulking guy, mm. but he's basically a little kid. Okay, so not so much, in that case, not so much something different, but it's sort of a, a counterpoint. A counterpoint, yeah, a juxtaposition. Juxtaposition, uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, same thing with um, Al from Full Metal. That's true. I mean, he's he's a big giant guy, and he's, he's a the little most kid. Compass- and he's the most compassionate of the... Yeah. Yeah. I, uh. And again, the, the big person and childlike thing is, is kind of a trope even yeah. by this point. And sometimes you see that in the, in the reverse, the, like the little guy who thinks he's big stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. A little scrappy thing. That, yeah. 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 Like scrappy dude. Or uh, Mr. Plankton. Yeah. Is, is that his name? The guy from SpongeBob I that wants so. to take over the world? I don't think we've ever referenced SpongeBob in this podcast. <laughs> it's it's, it's <laughs> after our time, really. I, I've not watched much SpongeBob, honestly. I haven't either. <laughs> um, it's all about Patty the Platypus. <laughs> But that's more appearance than, I guess, it is appearance, it's not clothing per se. But no, not it, clothing per se. Yeah. The thing, though, you can can relate costumes to that sort of idea, though, um, the Skeksis in Dark Crystal. Oh, yeah. At one point, one of the Skeksis, they're the villains in Dark Crystal, these really creepy vulture-like beings. Uh, at one point, one of them gets banished from the rest of the Skeksis. And as part of his banishment, they all strip him of all his clothes, oh, basically down to his yeah. underwear. And after you basically get, after they basically tear all the robes off this thing, he's really kind of this shrivelly little creature instead of the, the fearsome look of the Skeksis mm-hmm. have basically made for themselves by putting on all these clothes and you know, kind of posturing themselves. So it's a very unusual, interesting little take on costumes as a, of saying something. Yeah, because... People are trying to create a persona, a lot of the characters. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes the persona is not the same. And as far as juxtaposition, you got Indiana Jones, where you got the whip and the hat and the coat, and then you go to his, when he's a teacher, and he has the glasses and the tweed <laughs> coat, you know, and it's... Yeah, it's like, almost like an alter ego. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I mean, like Superman and Clark Kent, kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I've ever juxtaposed. I like that word now. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I've ever juxtaposed those two like that before. But yeah, it is almost like two different personas. Which is makes, you know, so you watch a movie, within 10 minutes you have both those guys, you know, and suddenly you're like, who is this guy? <laughs> you know, because you've created the mystery th- almost as, well, partly through the clothes, and then obviously through all the, you know, snakes and all that mm. stuff. Yeah. Also, as a change, I've always thought it was a weird thing to do, but it's worked. Um, the original Star Wars trilogy... Luke Skywalker shows up in Return of the Jedi in like black robes, and he, he's obviously mm. very much in control. Then he's he's a very different person than he was say, yeah. in New Hope. But I've always wondered why black. Well, it is interesting. You think about it too. Like if you think about Luke's progression of outfits from the movie, he starts out in the first movie wearing white. Yeah, and then the second movie, it's he's like kind of gray, kind of gray, beige, yeah, you know, kind of stuff. And then he keeps going dark. Yeah, I don't know what the. That's a very interesting point. Is it because he's like... Is it maturity? Is it, it from innocence to knowledge? Yeah. It's interesting, though, in a movie that's all about light and dark, that he would make that that choice. Yeah. Um, is it because he is... The farther he goes, the more in danger he is of going to the dark side? I don't know. You know, it's interesting, too, that you think about the, um, the Jedi outfit and those 
you know, that, pers- that perspective, because it's kind of a mix. I mean, granted, Anakin tended to have a, a much darker outfit than Obi-Wan did. Yeah. But, you know, you got the browns and you got the whites kind of in there. Maybe it's supposed yeah. to be a balance sort of thing. I don't know. I'm just yeah. spitballing here. But. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be curious to see. If, I wonder if they play with that at all and uh, we see Luke again. Because, you know, that's true. In The Last Jedi. But, I mean, obviously they already played at the, the outfits for, you know, Ray's always in white and Kylo's always in black. Yeah, yeah. You don't yeah. even think about it, so. Yeah, that's just the way it is. It's just the way it is, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and that comes goes back to, like, in the... Old westerns, you know, the the white hat is the good cowboy, and the black hat is the the bad cowboy, and the red shirt will die. Yes, <laughs> if if you're in Star Trek, yes, <laughs> unless you happen to be Scotty, exactly, or Picard. Oh no, not Picard. Um, Riker. Yeah, he wore red. But I think Picard did sometime too. Maybe he did. I think that was command color by that. Oh, at that point it was. I, yeah, color. I think. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's probably not. Rule probably doesn't apply to next generation anyway. No, not that many people die next generation in general, do they? <laughs> That's probably, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Except for the uh, security officer, whatever her name was. Appearance also reminds me of, um, just talking about juxtaposition, things like um, Wrinkle in Time. Hmm. There's um, Ant Beast. Is that what she's called? The end? Possibly. Ant Beastie, Ant Beast. Anyways, this is ugly, ugly alien. Mm-hmm. Like, frightening. Right. But that's not who she is. You know, it's like, she looks alien, but she's really this very kind yeah, I think our main character doesn't even see her at first, just hears her. That sounds right. And so science fiction, it works really well, that sort of... I think I mentioned on here before the Ray Bradbury story about spiders, mm-hmm. like these giant spiders, um, but they're all very kind and poetic and everything, but the humans land on this planet, they, they just can't. They just can't. Yeah. <laughs> they're giant spiders. Well, it's, it, can, it also works well for fantasy, too. I mean, mm-hmm. Beauty and the Beast, the uh, old hag that turned out to be a beautiful enchantress. Yeah. I always loved how they said that in the Disney movie. <laughs> it's a very, I mean, it's a very fairy tale thing in general for the appearance not to be mm-hmm. not quite all, what you mean. Not all that glitters is gold, gold. or yeah. whatever, however uh, Gandalf turns that on his head. Yeah. Uh, talk about Aragorn. Yeah. Again, there's so many different ways for, for a creator mm-hmm. to express yourself through, you know, is he rich or poor through his clothes? Is he is he you know is he fit well, in or not fit in? Is he well traveled or does is he more rich sort of person that changes his outfit all the time? What do you want? Yeah, I mean, there's, it's amazing how much actually clothes makes the man. There um, you go. Very much. And as, as viewers, we see it almost. We don't even think about it sometimes. It's, it's affecting us sometimes subconsciously, mm-hmm. but it's very purposefully put there because the external, like in real life, can say a lot about the internal either what they're hiding or what they're trying to say yeah and sometimes all they're trying to say is i needed something to throw on yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's what mine says more mine says i don't care (laughs) all right okay well that's our story school for today and now we'll go on the soundtrack For 
soundtrack today, I decided to go back to Mario. I know we did a Nintendo Mario type thing last time. Mario Paint doesn't really count. There's I like think. 10 million Mario games. It doesn't even matter. It's true. And I, I, I'm going with Mario because, you know, outfits are important to each Mario game. Yes. You know, each uh, game has a new outfit with new kinds of powers that can get, give you. In Super Mario 3D World, they were the cat powers. It was oh. a cat outfit, and you get to, like, climb walls really? and things like that. Now, has there ever been a Mario game where you can, like, get, like, um, Dr. Mario outfit and like go around and like throw pills. That'd you be know, awesome. it's, it's actually possible. The new game that just came out like a few weeks ago, yeah. I think you can actually buy different outfits to wear with Mario. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and instead of power ups, of course, you're just like possessing people, possessing yeah, <laughs> Goombas and bullets and, and anything, dinosaurs, yeah. practically from what it sounds like. It looks pretty cool. But anyway, this is not from Super Mario Odyssey. That, like I said, this is Super Mario 3D World, which I think that makes this our first remix on the podcast from the Wii U. Woohoo! <laughs> Woohoo! Um, this uh, remix is called Caravan Bowser. It's another song from the Super Cartography Brothers album, which is a great, it is a great album. album. And it is by Flex Style and Expert Novice. So I hope you enjoy. It's a fun song.
hope you enjoy that. I, I, I did. I love that song. It, it, it's very uh, it's very groovy. I just want to make a little note here. During the song, I was realized that Tim talked about we don't do lecture, we do discussion. And if we were lecturing, and I've taught like how appearance changes people in the story from my like, eighth grades before, we say, hey, you can do this and this and this. Mm-hmm. And we don't. that's not what we want to do with the podcast. We just want to kind of say, hey, how does it work? How do we feel mm-hmm. like it? It's a little more chaotic, maybe, than a class, but it's a little more um, fun, <laughs> I mean, we think. Yeah, and I mean, sometimes we do uh, talk about, uh, try to give some helpful tips from what we know. Yeah. Um, we didn't really go into that this time, because I'm not really a costume designer in no. any way, and uh, I don't know, do you have any tips for how you've uh, come up with what characters wear for your books? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> so you just said, it's just, it's just what sound makes sense. Uh, exactly. Based on what we we were just talking about. Yeah. I'm, I don't like the systematic, um, in these discussions. Usually. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, we're going to go into our next segment now, and that is. What if. Okay, so for what if today, uh, Nick, you actually you came up with this idea, so you should probably be the one to introduce. All it. right, so I thought um, we we were talking about hey, appearance can help encapsulate a person's character, etc. And so we thought we'd try our hand at it. We have this abstract noun generator that will give us abstract noun. Abstract nouns like things like love or pride or adventure or whatever, and then we'll try to design an outfit or a character that will try to encapsulate those things. I mean, comic books do this sometimes. Well, they'll have, like, I'm the goddess of death, or, uh, <laughs> okay, you yeah. know, I'm the god of thunder. What does that look like? Yeah, you know? or kind of like what uh, you, Inside Out did. Inside Out does. What does emotions. joy look like? What does yeah. sadness look like? Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll see what we can do and how, how best we can describe this over uh, the radio, <laughs> over the podcast tubes. All right, so we're generating two random abstract nouns, and they are <laughs> chaos and worry. That's interesting. I want this character. Okay. <laughs> um, let's let's really focus on um, costume and yeah. Look, my first thought is like kind of rags. Like some, he kind of basically kind of is it a girl or a guy. Um, I it could be either. Uh, well, I know, but which is going to be more about chaos and worry? Um, probably a, a woman. Okay, I'll, 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 let's say you said that. I <laughs> <laughs> I'm not married, so I'm safe. Uh, maybe this, maybe this, uh, anyway. Anyways, yes. <laughs> so, no, I was going to say that too. <laughs> so I'm thinking chaos, something basically just kind of scrapped together from a bunch of random parts. Kind of like, it makes me think of, um, is it Lulu from Final Fantasy X? Her like ridiculous <laughs> like belt dress thing? That's, that's almost put together a little okay, too much. Okay, but I mean just it's 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 lots of pieces. Yeah, lots, lots of pieces. But I see it in black, honestly. Okay. Or or maybe well, I guess or maybe a variety of colors. I guess if I feel you're like doing worry, I guess it depends. Yeah, if you're depends on which part you're emphasizing. If you're emphasizing emphasizing the chaos or the worry part of it. Well, you could do both if you had. It would have to be a lots of colors, but I wouldn't put like bright pastels. No, no, no. But, like, I was thinking darker colors. Yeah, some darker, some some grays. I think grays would be a good dark kinda... green, some purple. I mean, just yeah, nothing. Yeah, nothing too vibrant or or too bright. Yeah. Yeah, and just kind of things kind of jutting out all over the place. Lots okay, of, obviously, like bedhead sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, you know, bedhead. Wisps definitely. everywhere. Mm-hmm. Maybe even like some twigs and stuff in the hair. Oh, well, yeah, I like that. Yeah. So I, I, I was kind of thinking more like rags um, as opposed to like nice outfits. But uh, I don't know. Do you think it? Yeah, I'm trying to think of rags or like, like as if a nice outfit had been like all shredded pieces. Mm, okay. 
Like sort of like Edward Scissorhands? Kind of, yeah, yeah. Okay. But where do we get the worry? I mean, the chaos is easy in some ways. Yeah, well, hmm. Of course, maybe, props. Props are a thing, too. Yeah. Well, I guess you could do, like, maybe uh, she's got pencils that have been nibbled on all over the okay. place. Maybe she, like, maybe she, like, well, she's she needs, have, like, she needs to have her fingernails all sort of beat up from. Beat up. Maybe, like, lo- there's lots of loose threads hanging out because she's constantly oh. picking oh, at things. Oh, I like things. that, yeah. Um, I like the loose threads. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything to add, but... I, I think it's a good thing. I don't know if we want to spend too much time on each yeah, one. That'd be a nice uh, character. I, uh, that gives you that as an anime yeah. character right there. <laughs> yeah. I think I was going with the regular... The chaos thing made me think of, like, the junk lady from Labyrinth. Oh, yeah. I could see that, too. Yeah. I mean, she, she that character doesn't really have much of the worry, but it definitely has the chaos. Yes. So, anyway, let's get another pair here. Okay, we've got Faithlessness and Infatuation. Okay, Red. Red, yeah. This makes me think, like, seductress. It really does, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I guess, and again, because it kind of will go with that lust thing, I mean, we probably were both thinking of a woman yeah, here. Like, well, I mean, red if dress we were, or if, thing. If we weren't guys, maybe it'd be different, but. Yeah, yeah. Probably very, lots of cleavage. Mm-hmm. Um, Just, yeah, like a fancy gown. Yeah, yeah. I suppose if you were to go the other direction, what if this actually was a guy? What okay. if this is a, a faithless husband? Um, with infatuation. With infatuation. Okay. Um, Gaston. <laughs> okay, but he doesn't have a faithless in this thing. He no. was never close in the begin with. So I'm still kind of thinking nice outfit, though. Kind of yeah. like a, a suit, uh, like, you know, sleazy businessman sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, it fits well, but it's just a little... Leisure suit Larry, sort of. Yeah. Like maybe super grease back hair. I like the grease back hair. Yeah. The, yeah, like overly, over, like overdone just a tad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Not so much that it would like, it would gross out the average person, but the per- the more discerning person who appreciates the modesty. I wonder, would not I, be for some reason, I think we need like some sort of a vice. Like either he needs to like have a, a flask or a cigar or a cigarette. cigarette. Maybe. I don't know why. That might be more stereotyped than help with the actual abstract nouns. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's hard to... F- what so, else do you do to appearance? But there's lots of actions you could do. Well, yeah. Like, do you think uh, Do you think muscular guy or do you think kind of average? I mean, by average... Yeah, yeah. You know, either super beefcake or like just kind of... The infatuation faithlessness does not think... In this case, I wouldn't think like super brawny... Super, not not super scrawny, no. No, brawny, I think. Oh, brawny, yeah. brawny, no. Yeah. I don't know, more normal, maybe more sleek, more um, Jimmy Stewart-ish. Okay. Tall, dark, handsome. I would say more Cary Grant-ish than Jimmy okay. Stewart. Okay, no, I, no, I'll go with that. Yeah, let's yeah. do that. Yeah. yeah. And then we can talk, you know, I mean, part of appearance is age or, uh-huh. you know. I guess, you know, you could take this a different direction. We're sort of treating this, the infatuation kinda, is like, this is someone that's... A woman might be infatuated with. Or... Oh, I was thinking. I guess I was when we turned a guy. Turned that he'd be constantly faithless and infatuated. Yeah, he himself. Well, yeah. I mean, there'd be a little bit of that too. I don't. I. You could also take this a different direction, where instead of uh, being kind of the dark, handsome Cary Grant, you could take it in the direction of kind of a desperate sort of infatuation, mm. where it becomes more stalkerish. That's um, true. Where then it becomes kind of more your average kind of blue collar worker maybe that uh you know has just kind of a nagging wife that's uh, instead he's trying to escape and do something else yeah yeah hmm then you almost have to have like the the unbuttoned shirt just like the top button whatever mm-hmm. 
some chest hair peeking out. Yeah. <laughs> it's a weird detail, but it makes sense. Um, <laughs> you almost almost have to have some sort of e-cigarette or beer at that point mm-hmm. in his hand. Like if you're just sketching him. Yeah, yeah. It's um, interesting. Yeah, there's two very different ways you could take these two traits, I feel like. Yeah. And I think this is the the better the second one is the better one for the for the words we have. Mm. The other one was almost too stereotypical. Yeah, almost like something you'd see from like a romance novel cover. Yeah. Cover. Yeah. yeah I'll go with that. I'm sure we could add more to it. But yeah. I think I think I think we, we we've talked that painted one a good picture. Yep. All right. Let's see. Next two words. My goodness. Okay. We got slavery and deceit. These are a little harder to pair together, I think. Well, maybe not. Not if you're one of these fawning, you're trying to work up the ladder, but you're a slave sort of thing. Okay. So like kind of a grand vizier like, sort of thing? Kind of, or like a, um, it's not quite slavery, but sometimes, oh, what's his name? I've only seen some of Downton Abbey. Have you watched any Downton Abbey? Some. Is it Barrows? Is that the guy who always is kind of cheating and and swindling Possibly. and gets kicked out sometimes but yeah he's not a completely bad guy but i don't know that idea that almost like that smarmy is that the right word <laughs> smarmy so kind of a little slightly unshaven yeah um it reminds oh, whoa i had just a vision where who is that oh it reminds me of the guy you ever seen the city of ember the movie no okay never mind then um but yeah like glow shaven or i can't tell him would be a little unshaven or whether he'd be like yeah i think he'd be obviously he's a slave so he's in he his his clothes aren't real great mm-hmm. um second rate yeah second rate he just he he's doesn't he doesn't come clean shaven his hair's kind of greased or whatever so he, he looks down and out but sometimes like he's i feel like he's always like he has a forced smile mm-hmm not a particularly handsome sort of person no. either. Kind of no, like he's trying to be handsome almost. Mm, yeah, like he's trying to. It's almost like worm tongueish. Yeah, you know, I, I've had this theory before that sometimes people's disposition winds up contorting their faces in a certain way. You know, you get that with you know actors get typecast with a look a lot yeah. of times. You know, we we even joke about that when we were watching Babylon Five for the Weekly Hijack a few weeks ago. Guy should was like, "Oh, you're clearly a villain. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you just have all these sharp features." But sometimes I wonder if I mean, sometimes I mean, that's just what you're born with. But the, I sometimes you do see people that like, you know, it's like your mother used to say, "You keep making that face, you're going to get stuck <laughs> with it." And sometimes I wonder if that's really the way people yeah, turn out. You just yeah, you. I do think your personality over time does seem to affect your appearance yeah like literally not just like like sometimes creeps just look like creeps you know <laughs> yeah i mean not always you don't want to stereotype no. people all the time but no. but sometimes yeah i don't know you've you've seen a person that like their face like just matches their their countenance yeah <laughs> like, it's very all odd. the time yeah, yeah it's bizarre but anyways anyway the side note would we'll move on all right <laughs> well, with that we'll get two more words oh here we go we've got grief and joy so we're combining two characters from inside oh, out. Yeah, so basically... <laughs> Grief and joy. It's, um, it's basically a, a blue joy with a sweater. No. Um, <laughs> Grief and joy, how... Um, hmm. Those are like exact opposites. Yeah. I'm not sure if we do can we want to try these. it or not. I don't even know what you do exactly. I guess you could... Maybe this is someone like... It's um, almost like... It's like you're dressed in mourning, but you're like dressed to go to a ball simultaneously. <laughs> Well, if you're painting in big strokes, I guess you could look at it. 
if you think about it more as like character things, maybe this is like a survivor of something, like a Corey Ten Boom sort of person oh. who's come so out there of was grief, and now there's joy sort of thing. Possibly, yeah. There's like kind of an inner joy and peace, but you've you've had deep scars of some so sort. so like the the face would have to be worn. Yeah, very well extent. worn. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Um, and maybe even bodily a little bent. Possibly. Well, it can do slowness, not an appearance, but yeah. But I mean, you could say, you know, it's, it's an older person, probably, mm-hmm. who's seen a lot. But bright eye, you know. But yeah, but bright eye. The eyes is, yeah, the eyes would be the thing. Yeah. It's almost easier, you know, we, we were talking earlier about costumes, but the, these two characteristics almost seems it'd be more of a... It'd be a casting issue. Yeah. I mean, if it's yeah. a movie. Yeah, <laughs> largely. Yeah. And then I feel like subdued clothes... Okay, yeah, I can see that. Nothing too, yeah, yeah, so dude, nothing too fancy or... Yeah, I mean, the joy would be not from, it wouldn't be an external thing. No, it'd be more more how they presented the, the themselves. The expressions they, express, they use. Yeah, they talked and, yeah. Interesting. Okay. You can do either way for, and that could be guy or girl pretty easily either way. Yeah, I think so too. All right, what do we got next? <laughs> All right, uh, <laughs> on a much lighter note, we've got customer service and sophistication. Okay. Um, customer service, uh, some sort of, uh, outfit. It makes me think either like a butler, you know, kind of maids or thing, but like at a fancy, like, you know, Macy's, not Macy's, but like, you oh, know, okay. really fancy clothing See, I store. Was wait, I was going to a different, I was going to like a, like taking some sort of very normal thing like Jiffy loop and having <laughs> the guy just be like, <laughs> like immaculate. <laughs> I like that better. <laughs> So you know he has like the he has like the hat and the and you know and the the work clothes, but like the giant smile and like the super clean shaven and uh, like his clothes, even though he's like changing oil all the time, are like spotless. Uh, I feel like I feel like he needs a rag in his you know I feel stuck like, in his pants, so he's always wiping his hands off. And I, I stuff. feel like he should also though have like coattails for his <laughs> like like a some sort somehow he has a jumpsuit with coattails and like a cuff cufflinks <laughs> and a bow tie. That's awesome. Or you could just be you could you could just go butler, dude. That would work. <laughs> or it's either that, or if you're not going to go quite that cartoony, maybe maybe he's like the picture perfect serviceman that you would see in like 1950s kind of like, promotional stuff. Or I mean, like, which probably would have a bow tie, but that's true. Or like um like old school um full service gas station. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, like completely white spotless outfit, little bow tie, little flat hat thing. Yeah, yeah. Very, very cheery and um, ruddy, ruddy, rosy cheeked, whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I could see that. Or uh, like, how you doing? Yeah. I'll fill her up. Or like, you ever see like those pictures at Steak and Shake for like the outfits they would wear for uh, like all the servers were. Yeah. I mean, that they, they, I think, do they still have bow ties and stuff like that? You know, they're all in the they, white and black. They might actually. Yeah. Some of them might. I don't know. But like, yeah, I like that combination of like the more blue collar thing, but like really. F- Really not, dressed up. Really dressed up. Which, you know, it's it's funny. We look at a lot of, like, 40s and 50s stuff. People are con- always dressed up. You hardly ever saw anyone outside of a suit and tie. Yeah, that, they, were, they really care. Nowadays, we're, we're so casual. Yeah, we're so, <laughs> so casual. It'd be nice if it swung back, swung back a little bit the other way. A little bit. I mean, now that I actually work in an office place and, you know, I do weird collared shirts and yeah. sometimes I, I appreciate the casual a little bit more now that, I, you know, when I don't have to be Well, a, when I went to uh, high school, the dress code was... Slacks and collared shirts all the time. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, yeah, yeah. 
Of course, so. we went to a college that didn't have anything like that at all. I'm no, like, our co- we do ever at college. Yeah. yeah. Uh, even when my parents were at, at school, of course, they went to a pretty conservative Christian mm-hmm. school, and they still had like all the girls were in skirts, I think, and mm-hmm. and collared shirts and all that stuff. Anyway, so uh, what's our next two words here? We've got so <laughs> the two words we get to combine. It's always um, yeah, it's a challenge. Of, it is a challenge. Maybe we should write stories with these characters. <laughs> well, we got frailty. Frailty and elegance. I like that. <laughs> That's awesome. So this is very, but you need a wheelchair. Yeah. Yeah. Makes me think like an elderly uh, maternal grandparent, grandmother. Uh, I could like, um, again, man, we're referencing all kind of weird stuff, but Downton Abbey again. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. What's there her you name? Go. Um, um, Dowager. Is that? Lady. Lady. Yeah. I, I know who you're talking Grantham, about. Grantham. Lady Grantham. The the yeah. one the one that you always see that meme of uh, vulgarity is no substitute for wit, <laughs> whoever that is. Yeah, or or like um, Angela Lansbury. Yeah, I mean I don't know how frail she is yet. Well, but I guess you don't need a wheelchair, but yeah. it would add to the frailty. Yeah, yeah. Now you could do it. Got elegance. Mm-hmm. Now if you want to go a different thing, you could have a younger person like some princess sort of thing. Okay, yeah. That, but like She's, some some sort of disease or or. Or just something where she's very frail. Yeah, but okay. she's still, you know, if you want to have, that would almost be frailty, elegance, and innocence, you know, if you wanted to do, mm-hmm. throw it more that way. Sort of like your uh, childlike empress. Not, yeah, the childlike empress yeah, from kinda, Never Ending Story. Yeah, kind of like that, yeah. Because yeah. there's a certain frailty yeah, for, about her. I mean. She can't, She there's not a lot she can do on her own. Yeah. But she has kind of this elegance, this sort of mystical yeah, and again, her. again, there's almost, depends what your definition of elegance, but elegance sometimes has a sense of maturity to it. True. You know, and we're talking again more about like intangible stuff. You know, we're not talking about the outfits. Oh, that's much. true. So we, we should probably ride. should get back to that. That's true. Okay. But I mean, <laughs> we got it. We got Obviously, the wheelchair is part of that. The wheelchair. Um, but but prob- no, the I, elegance makes me think. Like, the, I have fancy the, dress. Yeah, fancy dress. I mean, if it's a girl. It's silk. A girl. Yeah, if, if, if it's a girl. And I don't know, these two just makes me think. Elegance, you just. Just seems more feminine. Yeah. So yeah, I think that the, the fancy dress, beautiful and, silk, and, single and, color. And relatively cheery expression, I feel like. Not not cheery, but... Um, pleasant. Pleasant. That's a better word. Yeah. So, yeah. The, well, though, uh, though the Dalton Abbey blade's not actually all that pleasant. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> so, anyway, I think, there's, I think there's some good ideas there. All right. Let's move on to honor and belief. Honor and belief. Like, belief makes me think you need to go, like, you need a cross necklace. <laughs> <laughs> Or like a uh, maybe an army's um, chaplain. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. You could hold. I would. My first guess was like some some chaplain outfit, but I'm like, ah, yeah. If you don't want to, but that makes sense. The army chaplain would also have the army. Anything has that sense of honor. Yeah, and inherently. I wonder if they even have that little like what would they call the chaplains? They have that little like collar thing with the white in front of it. I don't yeah, know. I don't What's know. that called? I should know, but I don't. Uh, but yeah, that that thing. Um, that that itself would do a lot of it. Yeah, I mean that's it's it's funny because that's almost like a uniform in a, in a, of itself. Though honor, I feel like whoever you get like the per- appearance needs to be a very straight backed. Yeah, you know, because there's ways you carry yourself appearance wise mm-hmm. that communicate things. Mm-hmm. And I feel like clean shaven, relatively short cut hair. I know, and then those will just again you could always use a juxtaposition to. He could act honorable but not look it, but we're yeah. doing the look at this point. I guess you could also go, though, with something like a bishop or the pope for this. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, depending on how you how you look at the words, you know, yeah. belief obviously, but then honor. Sometimes people give those church leaders of authority some honor. Um, yeah. Sometimes in ways us Protestants are that comfortable with, but you know, <laughs> it's an honor. I mean, is it that he's honorable or that he's worthy of honor? Mm. You know, we can interpret it both ways. Yeah, that's true. It's just funny. Honor for some reason, I think it's just to be built in with the the American military persona and whatever. Mm-hmm. You just always feel like there's some sort of weapon there. Oh, okay, like a like a ceremonial sword of some sort. Yeah, I don't. You want again? You wouldn't need to, but. It's an interesting, mm-hmm. and then my mind goes into fantastical versions too. Sure. Oh, I can see that. Like, uh, because knighthood, you know, is mm-hmm. that one one of those things that just feels like, and it's it's an honorable position. And but normally, there's you also believe a, in something. You know, yeah, exactly. You're defending have, something. You're a paladin. A cause of some mm-hmm. sort. Yeah. Aragorn getting crowned king. Yeah, I feel like swords encapsulate some of that. Yeah, that's true. Which is weird, actually. <laughs> um, I'm sure that's not true in every. Culture. In every culture, yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. I don't know when, yeah, I don't know when that sort of became a thing. You know, you unite someone with a sword, and it becomes well, kind I of suppose, a symbol of. Being... I suppose the um, when the Arthurian idea became attached to chivalry, mm-hmm. I think a lot of that then knighthood became synonymous with honor and gentlemanliness and stuff like that. Well, and I imagine there's even some of that that goes even farther back, though, because, I mean, the Bible calls uh, the sword of the spirit is the word of God. Yeah. So, I mean, even there, you've got this very kind of noble sort of using of a sword. And I wonder if that was revolutionary use of it at that point or not. Of course, you think you got samurais, and samurais, Yeah. you know, that's a whole different that's, culture. That was very important. Yeah, it was a very important thing there. Even, you know, Old Testament, David, it's so easy to forget David, a man after God's own heart, who's also a warrior. It doesn't like, use, I'm sorry, he uses it. It seems like a lot. fighter. I don't know whether culture just does it. This would be a whole story school, but, um, <laughs> but it does seem like warriors in general have become, have a sense of honor in many cultures. Mm-hmm. Not all cultures, probably. I mean, Genghis yeah. Khan, I don't know, or if he's considered, if all the Mongols thought he was honorable or not. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Interesting. All right, well. Anyways. Food for thoughts. Yes. All right, next set. Knowledge and unreality. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, It's a giant book with eyes. (laughs) Done. Giant book. (laughs) It's just a living book. Oh, man. Okay. Like Salty, do you ever do you ever know Salty back in the day? The singing songbook? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> okay. We did lots of plays in middle school or lower school about Salty. Plays? Yeah. Huh. Well, I guess you would have at St. John's yeah. possibly. Exactly. Anyways, so unreality and knowledge. Um, Doctor Who. <laughs> no, you feel like you feel like it has to be one of those like wizards that like is kind of incorporeal. Like he lives in the library, but he like he's like half ghost or He's a long beard, uh-huh. always carries a book around, maybe some sort of... Uh, but also kind of transparent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Glasses, so, I don't know. Obi-Wan Kenobi then, basically? Sure. <laughs> he doesn't have a long beard. <laughs> he does have a beard, though. He does have a beard, that's true. Yeah, um, and he's incorporeal. Knowledge and unreality. <laughs> How else could you do that? Let's see, if we go outside of the stereotype for that. An alien? <laughs> This just shows I've been playing a lot of Kingdom Hearts. You could arguably say Zimnus, but that only makes sense if you know something about nobodies. And <laughs> they have they have this whole thing of being, about being non-existent. Do, do, I'm not sure how non-existence exists. But yeah, that's weird. 
Is um is Samaritan the supercomputer count as knowledge and unreality? Um, I'm not sure. What Samaritan the supercomputer? Is that a real thing? No, Samaritan from um. Oh, Person of interest. from Person of Interest. Okay, I wasn't on the same page. How are the how's that unreality though? Because it's kind of a he's remaking reality his own image. I don't know. Yeah, it's a bit of a stretch, and yeah, it's not really an appearance either. A giant box is an appearance. <laughs> <laughs> Samaritan was really more of just a computer screen, though, yeah, or a projector true. screen. Yeah, anyways. All right. So, I'm still going with book with eyes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's as good as anything else we've come up with for this for this pairing. Maybe we'll do... This will be the last pairing. Okay. Um, happiness and despair. <laughs> what? Is, why do we get these opposites? I don't know. It's, it's supposed to, it's supposed to be. We already, did, we already did like joy and sorrow or something, didn't we? That's, yeah, yeah, we did. So maybe you really do. Do another one, but make it three. Give us three for our last. Okay, one. Okay, three for the last one. Okay. I feel like maybe happiness and despair. I don't like to perpetuate the evil clown stereotype, but maybe, some, <laughs> but maybe something like that. I'd be like one of those sad clowns. Yeah, yeah. That'd be awesome. All right, anyway. and horrible. Yeah. Or maybe if it's, yeah, like the sad hobo. That's, yeah, the sad hobo. That kind of works. Yeah. We'll that kind of works. That is, sad hobos don't have to be scary. Clowns don't have to be scary. I could go on a rant about that sometime, <laughs> but anyway. Okay, so we're going three this time. Our last one, right? Yeah, probably. Uh, we've got democracy, deceit, and tiredness. <laughs> democracy, deceit. Okay, well, democracy think- makes me think it's just got to be a normal Joe. Okay. Like jeans. This t-shirt. combination made me think politician personally. Oh. Democracy, deceit, tiredness. Okay. I was thinking more of the voter. But I could see that I could see that too. Actually, didn't we already have a deceit one? Yeah. We did. Yeah. So maybe you, do a new one. Do a new one. Okay. We won't spend too much time on that one then. Okay. So these yeah, these are all new. Okay. We've got favoritism, freedom, and charity. Favoritism, freedom. And charity. I feel like it's like some sort of superhero slash financial institution (laughs) (laughs) that only helps certain countries. Um, Freedom? Favoritism and charity. Should we go super stereotyping for freedom? We'll just put like a giant 10-gallon hat on him. Uh, (laughs) I thought you were going to say like he's dressed in the colors of the American I thought all that too, yeah. (laughs) This is a weird combo. I'm not sure about this one. I mean, if you if you want to go cowboy hat, you could kind of give the, the idea of like a favored rich child of some sort. Um, but I don't know how charity comes into that. That almost seems the charity yeah. and favoritism kind of seems those are kind of at odds. Yeah, that's even harder to do than happiness and despair. <laughs> yeah, which we got a happy oh, the, we got a little hobo. Yeah, <laughs> happy the hobo. Yeah. <laughs> how do you show favoritism? Let's just start there. How do you sh- physically appearance wise show favoritism? A coat of many colors. <laughs> okay, rich clothing. Let's do rich clothing. Rich clothing. He's someone favors this character, mm-hmm. and you know, and it's, maybe it's a, go go to the prop. Maybe he's got a really nice car. Okay, he's been spoiled by giving been giving a really nice hot rod. Okay, and that's that kind of also kind of goes with freedom too, because you know, freedom to travel the road. Okay, okay, and deceitful. No, no charity. Joe charity, and then charity. I almost feel like he should have like money to give away yeah yeah like it's almost like he's been like giving all this stuff he just like goes around throwing money again that's not appearance that's well the prop <laughs> is the money i guess, I guess but, it's a prop yeah but i feel like you so a lot of times when you have the car you also have the guy with sunglasses but i feel like he wouldn't have sunglasses yeah no he, he this is a guy that he's been given a lot and so he's 
whether for either for actual genuine purposes, maybe, or for just so everyone's like, hey, look at me. I'm giving away all my money. Yeah, I'm feel, so awesome. He's like, he's like the sort of, sort of guy that has like a suit coat with a t-shirt under it. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm rich, but I'm just like you. I'm just like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I can't help it, guys. I just happen to be favored. I can see that. Um, I can totally see that. I'm trying to think what else you would do with him. Like, I, like you wouldn't have sort of slick hair. You'd be kind of an average-looking guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe even a little awkward-looking. Maybe curly hair? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Physically, he would not look like the sort of spoiled rich guy. Mm-hmm. You know, let's say we're talking um, Stranger Things. It wouldn't be the boy, what's the boyfriend with the crazy hair, you know? Oh, Steve? Yeah, it's not Steve. <laughs> It'd be more like Mike's face. Is it Mike? Mike's face? Oh, you mean, yeah. okay, you threw me because you're talking about hair. Then he's like, it's not like Steve's <laughs> hair, it's like Mike's face. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> You know, because he's a very regular-looking kid. Yes, yes. Someone like that. Okay. And then relatively young. Mm-hmm. You know, your twenty, early twenties. Yep, yep. Um, t-shirt, suit coat, jeans. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> designer. Probably it's it's yeah. It's he's dressed casual, but it's all designer clothing. Yeah. Old Navy, not J.C. Penny. Yeah. <laughs> Old Navy is probably not that designer clothing. It just that just shows you what I know about fashion. <laughs> He buys everything from Macy's. Exactly. Sounds good. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's what we got. All right, that's all we got. Uh, so that was that was a lot of fun. I think that helped to put uh, close to the skeleton of what we were talking about oh, in the beginning. Oh, clever. <laughs> but not as clever as that book with eyes. <laughs> <laughs> that just sounds creepy. I, unless you're talking about Salty. I love Salty. But. I wonder how many of our audience members know who Salty is. Oh, I, that's a we good should, question. We, should, we, we might have to uh, use a Facebook page and ask people. It, it's it's set the other day. Uh, I've got this uh, group chat thing I have with my sisters, and the other day for it was lunchtime, and for some reason I was thinking of like the uh, the end credits for Eureka's Castle. Oh yeah, because they always had like, we're about to have lunch right before because it was they, they showed it at eleven. It was it was a great idea. But so I, I tweeted that video. Then I realized, oh, I think Joanna is the only one who re- would remember this, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I don't know how old our audience is, but they pr- some of them. I, I'm sure. I'm sure Greg probably remembers yeah. Salty. We, you know, we need to remember this, Tim. For on a Facebook page, we need to get a randomized nouns and we'll throw it out to our audience to see if they can. Yeah, see what they can come up with. Yeah. I like that Maybe idea. Maybe something better than we did. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So there, there's your homework, folks. We'll, we'll 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 post it. Yes, be on the lookout on our Facebook page. All right. Anyways, speaking of our Facebook page, you can feel free to give us a like there, share the love, uh, maybe leave us a review on iTunes, or, or at least Stitcher. star us. At least give us some a star rating. Yes, that that uh, helps people find us. Yeah. Any other way they can contact uh, us? Like? You can go to deroadtrains.blogspot.com, deroadtrainsofthought.blogspot.com for our, our original website. Mm-hmm. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, etc. And uh, we need to uh, head out. Um, I feel like uh, there's some big events they're yeah, about to I do. Yeah, I They're Everyone, very excited. Everyone's gathered over. They're going to do, sounds like some, uh, sounds like it's going to be a TV interview thing, but everyone's treating it like this is super important. No, I don't know. Maybe we should go and see what's going on. I guess so. Um, but before we do that, you have a soundtrack to introduce. I do have a soundtrack. I just had to go from a song from Animal Crossing. I've not played much Animal Crossing, but collecting outfits is one thing you can do. And this is a remix by Posu Yan called Purdy Old Days. It's energetic and a little crazy and I guess relatively Nickian. So <laughs> Yes. It is your style of quirkiness, I think, yes. in, in your some of your remixes. So 
Sounds good. Well, I think uh, let's see if it sounds. It will sound good. It will sound good. All right. Thanks for listening to Derail Trains of Thoughts. This is Tim. This is Nick. Bye bye. Well, well. Samba, Tommy. Boss in the Samba.